La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille Hey, bonjour Rugby Friends and welcome to a new edition of French Rugby Connections with moi, Véronique Landieu, and... And moi, Mike Pierce. How are you, Mike? Yeah, so... not bad, not bad. Another good weekend of rugby. Yes, and you were at the Twickenham Stoop on Saturday afternoon amongst the usual media suspects such as Stephen Jones and who else was there? So those, it was mostly Steve was there and uh, a few others, quite a lot of radio and TV commentators. So obviously had quite a, quite a big profile and with the match being shown live on BBC. So yeah, it was a really good good afternoon, an open, running, flowing, try scoring match that everybody hoped for. But my goodness, it was brutal. Some of those hits you could hear up in the stand. You know, it was really. Really tough, tough game, and it, it could have gone either way. Exactly. I mean, the first half time, I think France was dominating, very powerful, very fierce. And I'm not surprised you were able to hear the impact because, yeah, they, they were really going for it. But one thing which was detrimental for that game was that it was a very windy day because in the morning, yeah. Yeah, I played tennis in the morning and we had to stop the game. It was too windy. So yeah. it's not very far from Twickenham. So I thought, hmm, yeah, it would be, be quite tough. Yeah, so- and it was really gusty as well. And, and of course, you know, the kickers missed a few kicks. There are a few missed kicks to touch. So it did certainly have, have an impact on on the game. But, you know, it was live on BBC Two. They had 600,000 viewers, apparently. So it was a good... Uh, a good watch for, for everybody, I think. And, and it really shows how, you know, a lot of people think women's rugby is, is the sort of weaker game. But I can tell you, there was nothing weak about that game and the amount of injuries that occurred. And you know, at the end, both sets of teams were, were on their knees. They were absolutely exhausted. They gave everything they everything they could. And, you know, without, without doubt, the two best teams in Europe battling it out. Definitely, definitely. And I told you, you know, two, last week I was on a podcast with uh, James Haskell and mm. Emily did mention that every time she plays against Les Bleus, the French team, yeah. the day after she feels like she's been run over by a bus. So which player play their, their best rugby, in your opinion? Well, I mean, I think the England scrum half, Leanne Riley, was head and shoulders above most of them because she you know, she had a tough time there at the base of the scrum. She took some big hits. She made some big tackles and definitely the play of the match for me. But the, the French girls looked really dangerous when, when they had the ball. Banet, uh, Boujard and Boulard. But unfortunately, they didn't quite get enough ball in attack. And, you know, you know right at the end, of course, France were within one point. But that's when England showed their experience. They played the territory game. They played the last few minutes in England's 22 and got the penalty that, that took them clear. So, But I think France, looking back, will, won't be too disappointed. I think they, you know, they are definitely up there with England now. There's almost a three-tier system now in the women's six nations. Uh, England and France, uh, a level above everybody else. Then below that, there's Ireland and Italy that are on a par. And then 
below those Scotland and Wales. So there is a quite a big divide now between between top and bottom. So I think the Six Nations should become really a, a hybrid competition between the Northern and the Southern Hemisphere, I think, to well, make it know, more exciting. Do. Yeah, they could make it two divisions in Europe because Spain, Portugal, Germany have got useful uh, teams. They would give Scotland and Wales tough games. So, you know, why not make it two divisions, promotion, relegation? And I think that would create the excitement because I think people are going to get fed up with too many one-sided games. You know, we knew from the beginning it's going to be England and France. So, yes, I think certainly something needs to be done with the format. But I think what has been a great coup for the championship this time was playing it uh, as a standalone tournament without the men's tournament as a distraction. You know, the amount of coverage in the press, on radio, television has increased dramatically. And I think, I hope they keep it that way, that, that the tournament is separate from the men's. You, so, have you heard anything, you know, regarding the refing? You know, there were a few controversies regarding the, the Scottish uh, referees. So. Yeah, Holly Davidson, who is, you know, is one of the best. But there again, you have to realise, you know, is unless you're going to get the the top referee, top men referees in, you know, you've got to give the give the women. You know, Holly Davidson, I would say at the moment is is one of the best with Sarah Cox and Joy Neville. You know, they're the three that and. You know, I know some areas of the press thought she had a bad game, and and maybe she did. But I think generally she's she's a very good ref. But of course, you know, we think it's all over now. But uh, on Friday night, the two teams meet again in Lille. It was it was arranged as a friendly because the Rugby World Cup was due this year. But they're they're keeping the fixture, and England have made nine changes. Shows how brutal that match was on Saturday against the French. They've only got 24 fit players now. So it's going to be a, a tough game. France have made some changes. Only Bougeard keeps her place in the backs. Tremoulier, Philippon take up the places in the back line. And Annery replaces Mayons in the back row. So it'll be an interesting game at Lille. And I think France will definitely be up for it and, and looking for revenge. And I'm expecting another really, really tough physical game on Friday night. Yes, I was hoping for a sweet revenge from my part, and I yeah, was you very, may get it. I was very proud to say to teach uh, Emily Scarrett and Jem Haskell. You no know, revenge is a dish best served cold. La revanche est un plat qui se mange froid. Beware uh, of the French, so now I have to eat my words. But uh, you're absolutely right in terms of uh, this game on Friday. There have been seven changes for the French team, and you just mentioned them. But another thing that I that I found out lately is that France hasn't won against England, Angleterre since 2018. So. Yeah, it's uh, very much, you know, payback time. I mean, yeah, I w- but that, that's sooner than most countries. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too tough on yourself. Uh. Yes, yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, when's it going to be shown? It is live on BBC iPlayer, so I've been told at eight o'clock. Okay. So that'd be that'd be worth watching. And of course, there were other games from last Saturday. Ireland, I think, what a surprise! I think. A lot of people thought Italy would win in Dublin, but Ireland won pretty convincingly, 25-5. Tries for Whale, Murphy, Crow got two, and Maloney for Ireland, and just a single Batoni try for Italy. At halftime, it's pretty close, 8-0 to 
to Ireland. But, you know, Ireland have, I think, one of the teams that have really improved this tournament. In the other game, the, the, the battle for the wooden spoon, Scotland 27, Wales 20. Four tries for Scotland and two tries for Wales. But whilst there was an improvement from Wales, I think, you know, they are definitely, unfortunate at the moment, at the bottom of the pile. So the table ended with England top, France second, Ireland third, Italy fourth, Scotland fifth and Wales sixth. And I think that really is a, a true reflection on, on on where these teams stand, you know, in, in general. So, yeah, pretty good tournament, I thought. And, of course, we were blessed with really good weather, which makes all the difference. Yes, I would say it's work in progress. It was excellent to have a platform and to see a women's rugby game, you know, live on BBC Two. So I'm hoping that some young girls, you know, watched that game and got inspired <laughs> one yeah. way or another by the game and asked their parents, hey, you know, I would like to try rugby and start, you know, with touch rugby and then the, 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 the tackling aspect, which I think is probably the most fun of it. I would love to yeah. learn to tackle, but that's another story. <laughs> Okay, another busy Euro Champion Cups weekend. But oh, this absolutely. time, yes, semi-final. Yeah, and of course, you know, a massive, massive amount of French interest. It all starts on uh, Saturday at three o'clock. This match is live on Channel 4, by the way. And Toulouse against Bordeaux. Well, what can you say about that game? I mean, it's going to be a... Uh, a fantastic match, isn't it? And difficult to and predict I'm the very, winner. I'm very pleased to say that it was touch and go for Bordeaux-Bègle because they had contracted some COVID-19 in the squad, but they've been tested on Monday, all clear, and they will be tested again on, well, today and Friday to be on the safe side. Yeah. So, yeah, this game should go ahead. And would be what I'm really looking forward to, Mike, is to see a Tamak versus Jalibert, the teammates from the yeah. French team playing against each, yeah, each other. So, and of course, yes. um, Jalibert is the leading point score in the tournament so far with 63 points. So, yeah, that could be a, a really crucial battle in, in deciding who, who comes out on top. Yes, it's going to be a good one. Interesting stat. This is, well, this is an interesting stat. Hugo Moller, yeah? Yes. Coach. He mm-hmm. was a winner with Toulouse as a player in 1996. The only other person who has played and coached a club to European success is Leinster's Leo Cullen. So that could be uh, another interesting stat. Hugo Moller, potentially winner as coach and player. Oh, well, we'll see. As I said, you know, beware of Bordeaux-Beg. They're yeah, full of oh, surprises. Yeah. So, yes, the other game you just mentioned, it would be Leinster versus... Yeah, Leinster no, I... on Sunday, that is at... The, yeah, and that's going to be another another fabulous... I mean, the town of La Rochelle, everybody's decked out in yellow flags and they're, they're really up for a up for a fabulous day. And I think that's that's going to be a great game because they're tough to beat up there, aren't they, on the, on the Bay of Biscay? What's interesting is Bordeaux and Rochelle, it's their first time in a, in a semi-final. Unlike Toulouse, who are appearing in their 13th and Leinster in their 12th. So um, quite a difference in, in experience there between the, between the French sides. 
Yes, and you know, cynics will say that Leinster might win this year because Saracen is not playing. They could say that, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, again, you know, it's, it's going to be a cracking, cracking European weekend. I think the European Champion Cups is probably one of the most exciting competitions. So much has stake. Yeah, and it's a jewel of the crown. So, final, who do you think is going to bag it? Is going to go through this time. I think it's going to be an all-French final between Toulouse and La Rochelle. That would be fantastic. And don't forget in the Challenge Cup, we mustn't forget Montpellier, who played Bath on Saturday night at 8 o'clock in the semi-finals. So it's going to be, it could be a huge French presence on the finals weekend. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I'm going to, because I like underdogs, I'm going to say Bordeaux. Bordeaux might win against Toulouse. They might play against, I would say, Leinster. I would say, okay. Because, you know, they've got the experience and so on. And I've got some good news for you as well. Do you know who's refereeing Toulouse against Bordeaux? Uh, my best friend, Luke Pierce. No, no, your second best friend. Wayne Barnes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the pleasure to speak with him for a very long time. The day I bump into him at a corporate event in at Twickenham, so yeah, shows, two, but, two uh, English referees because Matt Carley is refereeing La Rochelle and Leinster, so you've got the old Anglo-Saxon excuse ready in case things go terribly wrong. <laughs> well, at least we don't have Andrew Brace, which is good. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> Andrew Brace hasn't. I won't say anything, but it's a bit like, uh, yeah. Everybody's got their their own favorite uh, yeah, ref- yeah. referees, but it's all you know, part of the fun, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but no, Nigel, because Nigel is too busy looking after his cows. Yeah, that's right. Farmer Nigel now is, uh, yeah, he's got other things to bigger fish to fry or bigger cows to fry or bigger, <laughs> yeah, steak, bigger exactly. steaks to fry. <laughs> exactly. I think they meet. Are they meat cows? I think they are. They I must be. They are. The Herefords. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All are. right. All or they, right. Or they, I don't know. Much. I'm not very good on. I'm not very well up on cows. Uh, but you are Welsh. Well, oh no! Well, I know you are better at, at no, sheep. No, don't, don't, don't start that. <laughs> sheep are your specialty. I'm going to complain to Ofcom about this podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm specialising in frogs or snails. If you want to. I don't think we should call top 14 anymore. This week, there were only three games that were played because of the ugly head of COVID-19. Mm. Yes, very true. You, well, you, you go first because you did two games and I did one. I got an easy weekend. So. That's right, because you were watching that game with all the VIPs with journalists. The elites, yeah. <laughs> At Twickenham Stoop, not everybody can be invited. Only only the top guys, you know, only the journalists like you and, and others. So, journée 22. Do you know what it means? It means there's, there are only four games left. Wow, yeah. Last game will t- take place on the 5th of June. So, yeah, for some team, it's very crucial, crucial <laughs> games. Now, they, they they have to win. Some team are, are very much, you know, safe. So, obviously, Toulouse is top 
top of the top 14 with 72 points, followed by La Rochelle, 67 points. And behind, we've got actually Racing, 92, and Clermont, both of them, 59 and 59, and Lyon, 56, and Bordeaux, 53. But because of the COVID situation, you know, Toulouse has played 22 games, La Rochelle, 21, Racing, 21, Clermont, 21, Lyon, 22, Bordeaux, 20. So it's all a bit of a mixed match, you know, anything could, could happen. But Toulouse is, yeah, I think Toulouse and La Rochelle are more or less guaranteed the, the final. So watch one match that I viewed the highlight on YouTube. One match I watched was Lyon versus Clermont. That was an incredible game. The overall score was 14-30, but uh, a red card was issued to Judicael Concarouet at the 40th minute. So for the second half, Clermont had to play with 14 men. However, you know, it didn't prevent Clermont mm. to fight. Yeah. So very uh, quick summary. So Lyon managed to score four tries. 15 minutes by Mignot, he scored a, a try at the 20th minute and 80th minutes. Regard at 64 minutes and then Couillou at 75 minutes. And Clermont's three tries, Yato started with Yato 5, Moala 52 minutes and Diberkien 72 minutes. In terms of penalties, uh, three penalties conceded by Lyon, two for Clermont. So, in terms of where we are in the classification, Lyon is still ranked. Do you know they are ranked in the top 14? No. Let's Number five. Yeah, well, I watched uh, Toulouse and Racing. Toulouse won 34-16. Racing went down to 13 men at one stage with Beale and Palou getting yellow cards. But four tries for Toulouse, Houget, Fouissac, Dupont and a penalty try. A try for Palou for Racing, but um, probably the, one of the saddest bit of news is uh, Johan Houget went off injured and with his impending retirement at the end of this season, it could well be his last ever game because it looked like quite a serious injury. But uh, 34-16 win for Toulouse. I'm very, very sad to confirm that it is the end of the oval road for Jan Uge, he was okay. operated on Monday. Oh, okay. His uh, damage, his Achilles heel, is that he would be out of action, which is a, a big, big shame. Represented uh, France 63 times. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's very, very sad when you see a player living on the stretcher yeah. just a few weeks before the, the final for Brenus, you know, which is very sad. But hindsight, he did lift. The Brenus de Bélier, which is the trophy of the top 14 in 2019. So, you know, he had that pleasure. Yes. I watch as well on YouTube, Stade Français versus Paul. Oh, Stade Français. So many, so many columns written because of the Ficou Palava last week. But uh, I think everything has been settled down. And... As I was saying to you, you know, Ficou is very good in playing for the French team, but for Stade Francais, he didn't play that many games. I think mm. I mentioned 13, I think it's 16 maybe, between 13 and 16 games. I, I do apologize if I'm incorrect, but I know it's quite low. And the rest of his 
teammates, you know, have done really well, you know, in his, in his absence, you know. So let's not forget, you know, Jonathan Danti, which unfortunately <laughs> will leave for La Rochelle for next mm. season. Alex Arate, Julien Delbouy, you know. So they're still, you know, they, 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 they've done well. And that Francais was very, very strong in defense. But unfortunately, oh, Uh, Thomas Lombard, if he had a hat, you know, he would have eaten his hat <laughs> because, <laughs> and Conzado as well, because in the last, you know, in the last few minutes, you know, they, they got a yellow card, really, really messed up everything. They were, they were due to get a bonus point, but unfortunately, in the last minutes, got a yellow card and Paul scored a try. But I have to say, I have to raise my beret for Paul because, you know, they, they fought a, Very violently. So, um, Valiant, valiantly, I think you mean, not violently. You know, it was raining and raining and raining. L'équipe des Bleus, but I think he appeared four times. 14 minutes, Nevalu, 24 minutes. Paul, 30 minutes. Hemdawi, 51 minutes. Aloemil, 63 minutes. Arate, 71 minutes. Penalties, both teams, you know, conceded two. And Post still scored four tries. Septar, 35 minutes. Twimaba, 47 minutes. Pointo, 76. And Matu, Manu, 80. You know, when you consider that Paul is currently ranked number 13 and Stade Francais number nine, I think it was a a good fight but the disappointment if you are a Stade Francais supporter were the yellow cards that were distributed for Godunner at the 75th minute and, by, and to Vesa 79 minutes so that was very very yeah. frustrating and still but Paul got the two yellow cards as well so yes loads of stack it is getting very 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 exciting yes and of course this weekend there are only three matches Racing 92 against Stade Francais Clermont against Brive and Toulon against Agen wow okay so it's going to be a short and sweet just like me <laughs> next week again <laughs> yeah well half right anyway <laughs> <laughs> Any other business? Yes, just before we came on air, the Six Nations fixtures for 2022 were announced. So on Saturday, the 5th of February next year, Ireland opened the tournament against Wales and Scotland play England the same day. France start their Six Nations on Sunday, the 6th of February, at home to Italy. They then, the following Saturday, have Ireland at home. On the 26th of February, they travel to Murrayfield to face Scotland. On Friday, the 11th of March, they go to Cardiff to face Wales. And the final match of the 2022 Six Nations is at home to England, La Crunch. Ah, uh -huh. you say la crunch. Well, crunch, just crunch will do. No, le, cr le crunch. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it's I masculine. Just... Is it? Yes, it is. Le crunch. Okay. <laughs> so, so the women's match would have been la crunch. No, no, we call it le crunch. So, so that's masculine as well. You know, because the French language is very sexist. You know why? Oh, because le, 
le masculin remporte sur le féminin. So, le masculin always is stronger than, than feminine, which is not fair. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for me, in terms of any other business, you know, I would like to load the career of Johan Uge. So, it is in Toulouse that Johan Uge started his career. Do you know which year it was? Not without looking at my notes, no. Okay, in 2005, so we're talking about 16 years ago. So he played there for three seasons. He moved to Agen, which was actually at that stage, on Pro D2, you know, the lower league uh, to, to top 14. And during first uh, season with Agen, 14 tries, which is a lot, uh, during 28 uh, games. And Agen managed to get into uh, top 14. Then he moved to Bayonne. And during that time, 2010-2011, he scored 12 tries. And he got spotted by Marc Livremont. Who was Marc Livremont? Yes, I know Marc Livremont. <laughs> Personally, he was the coach from Les Bleus. He got his first selection playing for Les Bleus in 2010 against Argentina. And then he had a few issues in terms of control that were positive. He came back to Toulouse, 2012, and the rest is history. It is. And do you know about his tattoo? Oh, no. Where does he have a tattoo? He's got a tattoo on his left side, which he shares with his wife. It says <laughs> only God can judge because he's a, he's a practicing Catholic. And I'll tell you why I know all this, because he is actually in my forthcoming book. Chapter 14 is Johan Hugé. So I had a great time talking to him and his wife, the actress Fanny Vayrak, and their little daughter, Myla. So, yeah, there'll be quite a couple of revelations in that uh, when that book comes out. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. And you've heard it first here on the French Rugby Connection podcast that Yann Huget has a tattoo on his left side. You said it's his thigh? It's on his, I don't know what you call it, ribs, I guess. Oh, right. Okay. On yeah. his ribs. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you what is deceptive about Johan Huge, when you see him on television, he looks quite small, but he's actually six foot two and 15 stone 12. When you, when you see him up close, he's, he's a big guy, you know? He's got quite a lot of power, and that, that's not always evident from, from television or watching up in the stands. Wow, okay, yeah, yeah, they are, they are, it's, it's quite deceptive, you know, yeah. when you see them in, in the flesh. A great finisher, a great, great finisher who I think, you know, has never really had the credit he's deserved because he's had these things where he's feigned injury and you know taking a dive and he's had yes. all these ups and downs you know but a great try score in 2015 in a match between Bordeaux and Toulouse he stamped on a guy's face Andre Marais huge studge smashed straight into into the guy's face and the television footage you know yes. there, was, there was a global outcry and ironically he didn't get a red card a yellow card or even a sanction but you know that's part of Johan's interesting shall we say career I see I see at least you know he was able to lift that Brenus that trophy from the top 14 in 2019 Absolutely. with with his best friend Medar I wouldn't say I don't know whether his best friend was his friend Medar would probably yeah. retire quite soon and with the new recruits you know from 
Toulouse, such as Dupont, Tamac, and, and so on. In 2019, he played his last uh, World Cup. He did? Yes. But unfortunately, you know, uh, he got injured when he was playing against Wales. <laughs> La leçon de français. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. Oh, oui, you know, it's a very French thing to say. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. I just have to say oui, oui. Ouais. Means, that means yeah, people who yeah. think you are fluent. Ouais. <laughs> ouais. Uh, okay, I've got something in relation with the top 14. So you've heard about le barrage. Yes. How do you translate le barrage into English? Playoff. Uh, you could say that, yes, that's not, but it's the real term, the real meaning is the dam. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is... It's a strange, oh. strange uh, <laughs> analogy. So, rugby friends, I hope you enjoy our latest edition of French Rugby Connections. Only three games to talk about next week from the top 14, but plenty, plenty of exciting, I hope. <laughs> exciting. I'm sure there will be, yeah. After this weekend's uh, Euro Games, I'm sure there'll be plenty to talk about. More news about transfers and French. I was about to say gossip, but I can't say gossip. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, go with gossip. <laughs> French news about what's happening inside and outside, you know, the the European uh, rugby's and then the politics. We haven't talked about politics today, but may maybe next time. On that note, uh, au revoir, Mike. Au revoir. Yeah, have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy your rugby. And as, as always, stay safe and listen, listen in next week if you get a chance. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong. Mais boum. Quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum, et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.